This is the World Industrial News for Monday, October 10th, brought to you by Industrial Info Resources of Sugarland, Texas. This newscast is sponsored by Aviva. Listen to part nine of their podcast, How to Leverage the U.S. Infrastructure Bill to Modernize the U.S. Power Grid. So technology is going to come into every aspect of this because we have known to do these things for a number of years, but we simply lacked the basic tools and the basic platform to do them with. That is not true today. We have that technology. And this will be simply applying that technology to a known problem. It should be a very stable and high probability success project. Excellent, thank you. And I know, you know, personally, we've had numerous delegations in from countries over the past few months that are all focusing on this topic and grid modernization. And and Pat, you touch on it, right? I mean, even like the European energy shift and the potential that's there. Um, so thank you for that. And I think, you know, before we close out, it would be really great to hear from both of you and just um, get some of your final thoughts. Um, Mona, why don't you kick us off? You know, what are you hearing from some of the drivers in this space? I know you're you are you're knee deep into this this area. Um, any final thoughts from you? Absolutely. I think I just will reiterate what Pat said about the role of technology. I think everybody hopes and wishes to build transformational infrastructure for our country and generations to come. And we cannot do this if we do not truly build back better with technology. Um, all of us in the advocacy space have fought very hard to get software services, digitization, digitalization, monitoring and control language into the Infrastructure Investment Jobs Act. We wanted to make sure that those technologies would be eligible for programs like the Smart Grid Investment Grant Program, um, Transmission Facilitation Program, um, and, and a host of others. And so, you know, when working with the Gridwise Alliance um, and other trade associations, some of the crux of our work is to really convey back to the federal government hey, you said, you know, you said this stuff is eligible. Now we want to just make sure as you're standing up these new programs um, that you're hewing to the legislative language and that we are really going to be able to have um, companies be able to deploy this cutting edge technology so that we really can build back better and modernize our grid. Um, another concern is that states um, are really struggling with staff, you know, just post-COVID, inflation, supply chain, everything that's just kind of converging right now, um, states are understaffed and they need staff in order to get these dollars out the door. And so that is why I encourage the stakeholder outreach to them, because the more that they're hearing from the folks that are actually steeped in these issues and are helping others uh, troubleshoot them, um, the, the better this money will be spent and the more likely it is to be spent on, on technology. And so I think to the extent, uh, if there are companies out there that have government relations teams in the states to really push for digitalization in those state legislatures and make sure that that is a theme that is running through your commentary um, with, with these states. Uh, and, and with that, you know, I, I think I'll just finally conclude with saying that, you know, let's just recognize that this is an unprecedented moment and we really do have a chance to take advantage of all of the great work that has been done by so many over the past decades. And so I, I'm hopeful um, that we will, in a couple of years, start seeing some really interesting uh, projects that are going to push us forward into the next energy landscape. 
To hear the full podcast, search for IIR's Industry Today podcast on your favorite podcast provider. Industrial Info is pleased to be presenting a complimentary webinar on the global pulp, paper, and wood industry on Wednesday, October 12th at 10 a.m. Central Time. The webinar will be repeated for audiences in Europe and the Asia-Pacific region. Join our industry experts as they discuss the trends and conditions driving this sector and what we can expect in the future. Visit industrialinfo.com to learn more and RSVP. Hydrogen's role in decarbonizing the electric power industry was a much-discussed topic at a Denver conference last week. Speakers on several panels agreed it was a great idea with lots of potential, but eventually the discussion got around to the many challenges, including its high cost, lack of transportation infrastructure, and scant availability of electrolyzers, an essential part of separating water into its constituent elements of hydrogen and oxygen. Oxygen. It's a hard case to make given all the uncertainties today, said Thomas Bradley, a systems engineering professor at Colorado State University. Hydrogen is in its early stage of maturity right now. Making it pencil out will be a major challenge. The Russian-led $11 billion Nord Stream 2 pipeline will never get the green light to start operations following the suspected sabotage of parts of the Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipelines in recent weeks. The fully completed pipeline, which was already mired in controversy before Russia invaded neighboring Ukraine in February, looks likely never to be allowed to transport Russian gas into Europe via Germany. And Sinuk Weizhou Refining Company is one of the largest petroleum refiners in China and will spend $1.16 billion on 28 projects such as unit additions, plant upgrades, and maintenance. For details on these and other breaking news, read the full stories at www.industrialinfo.com. I'm Peggy Tuck reporting for Industrial Info News.